0: Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by Freelancer Magazine, helping you grow a freelance business you love. Sharing inspirational stories from freelancers around the world, freelance specific business advice, practical tips, trends, events, lifestyle features. Honestly, if you haven't checked it out yet, you really should freelancers across 25 countries are already subscribed to freelancer magazine make yourself one of them at freelancermagazine.co.uk there's a digital version but get those sweet glossy pages in your hand and right now let's find out what it's like being freelance for graphic designer and illustrator ianku
1: barbarassa when you are working freelance i think that one of the best things that you can do is to have some savings Otherwise, you're going to get desperate and take any kind of job, which is not really a good idea because the kind of work that you get is the type of work that you will keep getting. Usually, the work that I get is based on a relationship that has a personal touch to it. I kind of try to avoid just purely business relationships because they don't really bring you as much joy as something that you you know you would like to go for a pint with when you freelance basically you have to get used to rejection you know you have to go through a lot of rejection and just be okay with it because that's how uh, good things will eventually happen
0: Yeah, so there is Ian who is from Romania, now based in London. His story coming up very soon indeed. How are you? I hope you are doing well. Just a few episodes left of this season. Thank you very much to Freelance Magazine and Hrefs for supporting this. You can support it too. If Being Freelance makes a difference to what you get up to, please do share it. Tag me in at Being Freelance on Instagram or Twitter. Reach out to the guests. Uh, As I've mentioned before, they always appreciate it. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, There's also the community so you can come and join us in there Uh, you can leave a review Apple Podcasts make it really easy you can also rate it on Spotify now as well make sure you're uh, following us or subscribed whatever they call it these days so that you get the next episodes but yeah share it on social media basically and help spread the word if you if you're back to meeting other freelancers in the flesh why not tell someone about it that would be even cooler and you can also support by sharing shouting me some virtual biscuits beingfreelance.com slash coffee it's my Kofi page basically and um i really appreciate everybody who supports on a regular basis thanks very much right well let's crack on shall we speak to this week's guest and that is graphic designer and illustrator ian koo barbarassa
1: hey Inku. hi steve thanks for having me
0: as ever how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance
1: well um I went to university in Transylvania, if that sounds uh, interesting, (laughs) Um, did quite a bit of um, a few different design disciplines uh, while at university, which was really great because it kind of allowed me to have a much wider perspective on uh, things rather than being specialized, which is in a way very popular at the moment. And it's great because you see people coming out of school with a lot of skills and they can get jobs, I guess, uh, working straight away. But I think it's really important to have a a wider understanding of what uh, you can do and borrow from different disciplines. After university, I worked in advertising for a little bit, but I didn't really enjoy it much. So I switched to branding. For a few years, I worked on really large projects uh, in Romania. Uh, I was lucky to Work with the best company branding agency in Romania, and then in 2010 I decided to move to London. And because I was pretty unusual for um, a job candidate, um, you know, being from Eastern Europe and no uh, having no education in the UK, uh, it was a bit difficult to get anyone to actually consider me for jobs. So freelancing was uh, the only option. And I was lucky to work with a few people who trusted me based on the work rather than my CV. And um, since then, I've basically freelancing. I had a kind of a one year of a full-time job just to have, let's say, on the CV, a UK experience job. But um, after that, I've been basically freelancing the whole time since 2010, yes. Yeah.
0: So how did you go about getting those first clients when you decided that actually I don't really have much choice here I'm going to go freelance?
1: Um, Well basically for quite a few months before moving to London and and, um, also afterwards I spent all my time looking at okay who's who on the market um, who's doing really interesting work and then trying to get in touch with those people so I sent I think over 500 or 600 emails to people and then some of them, not many <laughs> initially, uh, replied and I went to uh, see them. One really good trick was that I didn't really ask, hey, do you have any jobs? Uh, I was just asking, hey, I'm doing this kind of work. Uh, but I think your work is really great and I really like this project and that project. Would you have time to meet for a coffee or uh, tea and have a chat? And usually the really nice thing is that people are quite, Open about that, and they, they're free to, they don't mind uh, if someone comes in for a chat. And uh, I was lucky to meet a few people who really liked me and gave me initially a couple of small jobs. And then uh, one of them actually got me to work on quite a few big projects. One of them, actually, one of the largest projects that I've ever done uh, the ITV rebranding. And uh, his name's Matt Rudd, you know, he's a good friend now. And we've done lots of really Interesting and really good project since uh, we've met. Yeah, that's so cool.
0: That huge job and that long-term relationship came from essentially a, a cold. Although it doesn't sound like a cold email because you put thought into it and were looking at each person. But nevertheless, it was an email that you sent first.
1: Yes. Yeah, I have a couple of people who I've. Are- pretty much built relationships with based on just getting in touch, um, finding that we have something in common. For instance, uh, Matt um, also does music and my mom's a music teacher. So I have a, a big passion for music as well. So there was always with all the people that I've kept in touch over the years, something that would go beyond just, let's say, design work or uh, branding work mm-hmm. that we were uh, doing professional you know there was always a personal connection as well and usually the work that i get um, is based on a relationship that has a personal touch to it i kind of try to avoid just a purely business relationships because they don't really bring you as much joy as something that you uh, do with someone that you really you know you would like to go for a pint with
0: yeah no i love that I mean six hundred emails <laughs> that's a lot of emails, yeah, imagining that a lot of them didn't reply how How did you cope with that?
1: Well, I wasn't expecting most of them to reply to be honest. I think when you're when you're freelance, basically you have to get used to rejection, and it's really interesting because I used to be quite good at it, but then because i started getting uh, higher profile um, projects and clients I kind of forgot what it feels like and in recent years as I was starting to um, expand into illustration I kind of went back to zero on that side so again I had to write to a lot of people uh, not get any replies for most of my uh, emails or letters or whatever and uh, it just felt really frustrating and I I remembered oh yeah this was how it was in the beginning as well you know you would just send 100 and you would get 10 replies back at at best but that's how it is you know it's I think I actually have uh, on my desktop a really good image with um, I think it's one of the cartoonists uh, doing work for the New Yorker and he has like a huge pile of cartoons that have been rejected and a really thin pile that has a yes uh post-it on it and it's just a good reminder of that you know you have to go through a lot of rejection and just be okay with it because that's how uh, good things eventually happen
0: so you came to london as a designer presumably you'd always illustrated as well just not done it professionally
1: um yes well initially I was really passionate about branding and um that was mainly uh what I was doing and I always had side projects um especially because when I was doing big corporate projects um or rebranding projects it was always you would have a bit of fun in the beginning through the initial creative stages but then once you go into implementation which can take uh Weeks, months, even years, uh, or some project, there is not as much room for play or exploring. You just do a lot of, let's say, you set the rules into motion. You make sure that the guidelines or the applications are done well. So there's not as much fun to be had. You know, it's still enjoyable to a certain degree, but you don't get to do, let's say, what you what really got you into the job. You know, having fun doing things visually so side projects have always been kind of something that I've been doing on the side just to keep myself fresh in a way Mm -hmm. and for some reason I think based on the work that I was doing as well at some point I started doing side projects that were completely handmade so drawing or lettering without any computer involvement and that led to doing more and more illustration and at some point because of one of my side projects that got featured uh, in a couple of magazines I had uh, a call from uh, an email actually from Apple and uh, they wanted me to do something similar for them and it never really got published and uh, as far as I've I've been told uh, a lot of uh, projects of theirs uh, happen like that so they do a lot of work with people but not uh, I guess it's like the tip of the iceberg (laughs) gets actually published But the whole experience made me realize that actually I really enjoy doing this and I'd like to do it uh, for clients as well, not just for myself. So I think in the last four years or so, I've been actually working as an illustrator as well with various clients. For instance, we present uh, some of the recent ones and we've done quite a few projects together and always good fun to work with
0: wow though when (laughs) when you get a call from apple that's quite a thing where were you sharing your work that it got found but it ended up in a magazine and what have
1: you well i tend to write to magazines every now and then uh, when i have an interesting project and i also post on social media channels uh, so instagram linkedin uh, twitter then Every now and then I post work on Behance. Um, I can't remember exactly. There was some blog, I think, the guys at Apple saw uh, my project on. Then they checked uh, my Behance page, I think, which led them to my website. I tried to keep my website as uh, updated as possible. And uh, yeah, eventually they sent me an email and I (laughs) had to kind of Google the person to make sure it wasn't a scam. (laughs) but yeah it was uh, legit and uh, it was a a nice project to do
0: too right yeah especially because it must give you confidence as well
1: Um, well it depends on how it goes and especially if the project doesn't get published then you're kind of wondering is it because of me or is it because of you know just didn't work out or they changed their mind especially because they're not an actual graphic design agency or branding agency obviously if you're doing a graphic design or illustration project with them, they have way more reasons before anything, like obviously hardware, which is their main thing. So many people before your team decide to do things one way or another, and you don't really get to see any of that. You're just a little part of a a machine in a way. Mm. But at the same time, yes, it feels great. And when you're working with big clients in a way, that's, what you're trying to do initially to get big clients or well high profile projects but at the same time it's really good to work with uh, smaller clients as well and uh, be able to do things that a big client would not be open to um, uh, publishing or doing you know you can be a bit more flexible I think it's really good to actually to not pigeonhole yourself into just saying at least from my perspective you know just to be as flexible as possible and do lots of interesting different types of projects
0: so does a lot of your work tend to be you working with uh, an agency a production house for example or or do you work directly with clients one-on-one
1: um there's a quite a, a mix so for instance when i'm doing branding and design work I tend to work with agencies or clients directly. I've had quite, up until uh, the pandemic started, I was working mainly with uh, agencies. So I would go into their office as a freelancer and work on projects for a few weeks, a few months, uh, or like the ITV project and a couple of others for a year or two. And then for illustration work, I tend to work with editors or an agency as well or even a client sometimes it's really i mean every project is different and it's really interesting to see different approaches you know it's very different when you're working with an agency and a, an art director or a designer compared to when you're working with a client directly both have uh, good sides and downsides i guess
0: and so that means that sometimes you're working in-house as in literally in a building with other people
1: Oh yes yeah that was kind of most of the time up until two years ago.
0: If you're working from home or from a co-workspace like how do you like to work?
1: Um, well since the pandemic started I've been working from home we have uh, uh, my partner and I both work from home and we have a nice office at home and I'm quite happy with this approach and I think it works well. Um, I'm pretty much on the working remotely from now on camp so in a way uh, it's let's say one of the silver linings of the whole last uh, two years period. Although
0: you know you said about how important building up a relationship with people was, is that harder when you're not going in and spending time with
1: them? That's a good question. I think it depends uh, a lot more on how I guess how you hit it off with the person or the people that you're working with. I've worked with um, people, for instance, from Hong Kong or Canada as well. Basically, in the last couple of years, uh, I've had a lot of international clients. And at the end of the day, it's all about trust. Um, For instance, a Canadian client, even though we had quite a few bumps into the project because of uh, things not being the brief brief not being very clear from the very beginning because the relationship was really good we had a lot of trust uh, between us it really worked out well even though we didn't know each other before that while other projects with people um, let's say that would be closer or even going to the same office because there's not really you're just kind of seen as a Someone who does a job and then that's it. You know, there's nothing else, or there, no one really cares. You're just there to tick a box. If that makes sense, it wasn't nearly as good in terms of how the work eventually um, happened or came out. And um, it's not like something that you would say, "Oh, I loved working with those people." You know, it's just something. Okay, yeah, that was nice. We we've done the job, but that's it. So I don't think it really matters as much. It's nice, yes, to have a chat in the office sometimes, and it does help. But at the same time, I think it's all very arguable. You know, it's much more about the level of trust between people. And then whether you're meeting in person or you're doing Zoom calls or emails or classic phone calls, you know, anything works if you have that level of trust. Mm.
0: And given that you work with quite a lot of agencies... How do you go about showing your work? Like, are you allowed to, to show that online? I, I know sometimes that's a stumbling block for people.
1: Uh, yes, yeah. Um, well, the bigger agencies, uh, like international uh, clients and um, agencies with lots of offices, they tend to be a bit, not picky but in most cases they have very long complicated contracts with their own clients so they're not that happy about uh, showing work but at the same time the work that I've done with clients like that is often the result of a much bigger team which means my impact on those projects is smaller and the work that I tend to show on my website and my social media channels is usually the work that I I've done either entirely myself or to a really significant degree, let's say 70% of the work uh, was my own work and something like that. You know, I don't show, uh, I think this is actually one of the not very nice things that happen in design or in illustration as well. You see a lot of people, saying, oh, uh, I was involved in this project and I did uh, this and that. But actually, when you check uh, the details for that project, you realize that they only did something very small or they weren't even significantly involved in the project. It's just that the project is very high profile and they want to get a bit of the fame. And after, for instance, we finished the ITV project, I remember seeing for at least two, three years afterwards, a lot of people showing the work that I had done basically i knew all those visuals by uh by heart because i was the one who created them and they were showing them in their portfolios saying oh i was involved in this and i didn't know the person at all <laughs> so yeah interesting how people behave let's say um, publicly <laughs>
0: back with Ian Koo in a moment right now though just want to take a sec to tell you about hrefs who support this episode thank you to them they are as you surely know by now responsible for the awesome hrefs webmaster tour it's free such a brilliant resource it audits your website in fact i like it it sends me emails and it says we've crawled crawled there's these little things crawled my website while I sleep. It gives me a report and then prioritises the changes I need to improve my search rankings. I've been using it for being freelance.com. You can use it for your freelance business and it's free. So check it out. Go to hrefs.com/slash a w t hrefs is spelled a h-r-e-f s dot com. And if the idea of getting Google to work for you sounds confusing, don't worry, it is for me too. But Ahrefs also offers helpful tutorials on search engine optimization. And anything you don't understand on the website, you click a little button and it explains it to you. Thank you. Wish everything in life was like that. Check it out, ahrefs.com slash AWT. And thanks to the team at Ahrefs for supporting this episode. Okay, back to our chat with Inku. And you've not found any issue in putting yourself out there as a graphic designer and an illustrator i suppose the two are quite close together it's not like some other disciplines but often we feel like we should just be doing one thing being known for one thing
1: yeah well this is a bit of an interesting situation or uh, discussion as well because uh, in recent years or let's say in the last 10 years the trend has been for people to specialize in something. While my view on this is that it's actually beneficial for you especially if you've been working for quite a few years to open up basically and try to look at different fields and uh, get your inspiration from a lot of different sources rather than just uh, keep looking at the same design blogs and uh, magazines and not really be interested in anything else. And for quite a long time and even i think even now you have a lot of people who keep banging on about oh designers should learn to code or something like that and i actually thought about it for a few years Um, then i thought about going more into uh, strategy and uh, there are quite a few people who let's say after getting 10 15 years of experience uh, even getting close to 20 years of experience they start moving into either creative director roles or um, they shift to strategy or even managing as well uh, or they open up their own uh, company where they do pretty much everything so creative director and also running the company and you don't really have a lot of examples of okay what do you do if you don't want to go up the career ladder or you don't want to change your Uh, job entirely you know there aren't that many examples and some of my let's say role models are uh, Alan Fletcher and uh, Milton Glaser and if you think about them and a lot of designers from their generation they were doing really high profile design projects uh, and big rebrandings but they also were doing uh, children uh, books Uh, they were illustrating Um, covers and um, doing even proper books like Milton Glaser was doing, illustrating uh, Dante's Inferno. He has has some amazing work. And I think that's really the kind of work that I want to do and I don't see any problem in doing both, uh, let's say, these types of work. I think both can inform each other really well and you, you can get really beautiful surprising pro- uh, projects and solutions things that you don't really see with other people and uh, last year actually i had a client who asked me to do their uh, visual identity their logo and uh, everything else but her request was to do something that looked like my sketchbooks because uh, we used to work together in a big agency and sh- every day she would come by my desk to look at uh, whatever i've uh, drawn that day in my sketchbook and she really liked that so Hmm. i think that's great you know when you can see that you can have both working well together
0: yeah i like that and how have you coped with the business side of it because originally you know you were set out to go get a job with well just a normal job (laughs) and then found yourself being freelance How, how have you coped with that
1: well when you're working freelance I think the one of the best bits of advice and things that you can do is to have some savings otherwise you're really you're going to get desperate and take any kind of job which is not really a good idea because the kind of work that you get is the type of work that you will keep getting you know unless you take time from every now and then to do slightly different types of projects or you just show certain projects in your portfolio, you're going to keep getting work that people know you can do. And as a freelancer, that's really difficult to have a bit of a direction intentionally and not let yourself slide one way or another just based on whatever clients uh, you have or whatever projects you get uh, by chance or you know something like that. And I think, yeah, besides savings, just enough to allow you for a few months, ideally, well, at least two months that you can basically, if you don't get any work, or if you get some work that you really don't want to do, you can say no. I think that's really, really important. And then after that, you're basically, it's good to kind of plan in advance and think of, okay, what do you want to do slightly longer term and try to go into that direction and get more clients from a certain field or a certain type of clients and just plan things a bit, I guess, and uh, not let it go uh, all based on uh, on luck and chance.
0: Mm. Do you work as like your own name or do you have like a company name?
1: Uh, yeah, well, it's a bit complicated, uh, especially because I have such a unusual name. So I have a company, a limited company. Um, the name of the company is not the one that I'm promoting. So basically people know me either by my own name or by, let's say, my signature name. Let's say if I were... I don't really like to say this, but let's say my artist name is uh, Young Kul with an L at the end, just like my website. And... The name is more or less a different version in uh, Romanian you can articulate the names you know like say if you were to say the Steve um, you would add uh, an ending uh, after your name. so that's kind of how it works and uh, because I couldn't uh, when I was doing my website I couldn't just get youngku.com I got youngcool.com and when I'm doing illustration, I usually sign uh, my work like that. Otherwise, I'm just kind of uh, signing off emails and uh, any type of communication with my own name. I don't have a a proper studio name that I'm promoting. It's I don't know. I've been thinking about this for quite a while. I still don't know what the best uh, solution is. You know, quite a few people just say whatever their name is and then add studio at the end, and that works fine I mean. It's Not really that important at the end of the day, it's more about the work that you do so
0: true, yeah, I like it yeah <laughs> I like it and I, li- I I like the um uh the fact that you you then have that explanation on your website as well of your actual name and your website name and um just that short bit of text brings out your personality as well, which I think is great. Um, we'll put a link at beingfreelance.com so you can go and check out uh, Ian Cool' website. Thank you. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me, Ian Kool?
1: Um, Well, that, that should be fun. So the, the first <laughs> fact is that I own 700 hats. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, then the second one is um, I won a national competition playing the accordion when I was ten. Oh, good, and yes. the third one is that I've cycled from London to Amsterdam and back five times.
0: Wow! I mean, what one after another? Did you keep forgetting something <laughs> in each place? You're like, oh I got all the way here. Yeah, I was I
1: just going back to eat uh, their, uh, their apple pie. Is just too good. <laughs> london to amsterdam five times it's yeah what why (laughs) yeah it's just really really good fun i mean i think that's one of the best ways to um explore both the uk and also netherlands and we did at some point i I was riding with a few friends of mine and we did um, uh, a good chunk in belgium as well and it's just. An amazing way to spend uh a week or 10 days i think the last one and you just get to see a lot more than when you would be traveling by car or by train i mean have a a lot more memorable um, things happening like uh, for instance i remember when we were in a flooded area and we were knee deep in water and the guys were telling us oh you can't go through this village because uh, the water is chest deep so you can't really uh <laughs> you need a boat basically so we had to do like a big detour and uh yeah i've never been uh, wetter in my life but that's one of the best uh, memories you know
0: <laughs> um you won an accordion competition yes. was it so when did you start playing the accordion um, if you want it when you were 10? Well,
1: my mom's a music teacher, as I was saying. And um, I started playing when I was very little. I remember getting the accordion for Christmas. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but it was good fun. And um, I don't even know why it was the accordion, because uh, now I don't think it sounds really that interesting. And uh, then I I remember feeling quite jealous of my brother. that He got a guitar. He's a bit younger, so he got a guitar a bit later. And I thought, oh, that's so much nicer! But I was stuck with the accordion. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, can you remember what the song was that won you the title? Um,
1: well, um, that was uh, the Four Seasons of Vivaldi. One of them. You played one of the Four Seasons on the accordion. Yes, so you could play like a, just a well-known intros. you know. I don't uh, need to get into all the details. Okay.
0: And now everyone is thinking 700 hats. Well, practicalities, where do you even keep 700 hats?
1: Um, Well, the trick is that they're cycling hats. So uh, (sighs) you can basically fold them down into the size of a, uh, let's say, like a, a napkin or, you know, they go flat really easily. So I've got a few boxes. They don't take as much space, but uh yeah that's, that's still quite um uh, quite a lot but you know you start small and then uh, a few years later you realize oh okay well that's quite a bit
0: i'm mildly disappointed but i imagine coming to your house and opening up a cupboard and there's like a stetson and then a top <laughs> hat and then a fez and it like just all like you haven't even gone for stackable hats just loads of different hats yeah pie fedora panama i've run out of hats um but even so why have that many cycling <laughs> caps like is it is it like a souvenir um, or something like
1: yes and no um, mainly the, the reason behind them is because I I got into cycling quite um seriously about I don't know 7 8 years ago and I really liked their practicality you know they're i would say they're the most practical hats because you they really take very little uh they need very little material to be made they you can stack them uh, or put them in your pocket really easily and then uh i guess the main reason why i have so many is because i realized that you could find a lot of really interesting designs and that was in a way uh, a form of research and uh, that I was doing for my own work and most of the ones that I have by now uh, have really interesting uh, patterns so for instance I've got a lot of them made out of Japanese fabrics or African prints fabrics and they just look amazing you know most of them obviously I don't even wear because they're too nice and uh, they're more like visual references rather than actual usable objects
0: oh my gosh I am drawing a blank onto which is the lie. (laughs) I can totally believe, as you say, your mum was a music teacher. I can believe the accordion. (sighs) But I also believe London to Amsterdam. I I don't quite understand why you do the same route again and again and again, but some people always go on holiday to the same place. And actually, just because you ended up in Amsterdam doesn't mean you took the same route to get there, and the Netherlands is nice and flat, -er than a lot of countries so I don't know that kind of sounds true 700 hats doesn't sound true it (laughs) sounds insane and yet your detail of it is very believable but even so it almost feels impossible to have 700 (laughs) hats so I'm gonna say I love it as a fact but I think the hats is a lie
1: Um, well, the hats are actually true and I've got more than 700, but that's more or less a good number. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I can see a Netflix drama coming out of the man with 700 hats. It almost, it feels (laughs) like some sort of book title from Frederick Backman. Um, so you've got 700 hats. So, So what's the lie?
1: The accordion. Yes. Yeah. I didn't win a national competition. I did have an accordion, but I don't remember how many, maybe I used it for a couple of years or so. Ah,
0: Well done. That was great. (laughs) Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that
1: be? I think the really, really important thing is to practice with intent and that really helps you and have a a pretty much daily set time for practicing. And that could be, uh, let's say, uh, doing design work, uh, if you really want to be just uh, like a graphic designer or even if you want to go into code or uh, doing something else. But having that, let's say, one hour in the morning when you're doing something that you really love and you're just doing it for yourself, or maybe for a personal project that you want to publish at some point, that really, really helps, especially if you think long-term. Because uh, I've seen so many really talented people who, after especially, let's say, five, ten years of experience, they really stop learning. And once you, you do that, there's just no way you're basically going backwards. It's not like you're going to keep uh, at the same level because things change all the time. There's new stuff coming out, uh, new people, new styles or interesting things things that you can do. And even if you don't... Ha- and I think that's actually good to avoid trends and not get into them. It's still important to know what's going on and uh, try and see, okay, is it something that I can use in a way or another? Do I enjoy it or uh, like doing something like that as well or do i keep searching for my own things and you can't do that if you're not uh, serious about uh, putting in the time every day or at least every week you know it's like uh, christoph niemann was saying uh, in one of his books and his talks as well that athletes and musicians for instance they practice every day you know so why shouldn't designers and illustrators do the same as well
0: Nice. Ian Cool. it's been so good to talk to you. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your story. Go to beingfreelance.com. There'll be links through. There's uh, highlights, a transcription, all the links so that You can go and find Ian Cool uh, online. And uh, of course, if you're listening to this uh at- keep your podcast app open think about leaving a review Uh, make sure you've hit subscribe or follow whatever it's called in your app of choice these days and uh, don't forget I also do a podcast for freelancing parents so while you've got your phone open or whatever uh, search for doing it for the kids you'll find me there too Uh, but for now Inku thank you so much and all the best being freelance
1: thank you very much for having me Steve. it was very good fun
0: thank you very much to Inku. hope you enjoyed that as I mentioned go find him online and if you've enjoyed this please do share it and rate review Uh, really does make a difference if you're new to freelancing or you know somebody who is like they're thinking about getting started they've just got started maybe they've been doing it for a year but they think there must be a better way you can also do me a favour and them a favour by telling them about the Being Freelance course it's called How to Get Started Being Freelance and it really well it's already made a difference to so many freelancers who have taken it and it can make a difference to you or them very soon Uh, i won't wang on about it but you can find all the details by going to beingfreelance.com and clicking course okay i'll see you for another one very soon indeed but in the meantime have a great week being freelance